Are you going to say it or am I? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Hello. Is that, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's your turn. Oh, and welcome to... Voyage to First Vintage. It's always so awkward. It's We're never in sync no. with that. But we're back. We are back. I'm excited. Me too. It's been quite a few months. Yeah, since what? June maybe? Yeah, June. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, we finally got the time to sit down yeah. and record an episode. So here we are. And here you go. Yeah. It turns out it's hard to have a side job not really a job because we don't make any money um when work picks up yeah we're talking about this life picks up this is the side job yes (laughs) yeah if only we could you know quit our real jobs and do this that'd be nice make wine i'd be okay with that yeah but who's got the money for that no Um, (laughs) well some people do but they don't do this If you have money already, you're not working like this hard on any. Well, they might be a passion project. Who knows? Not everyone's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, things got busy. This fell by the wayside. Then things got busier. And now things aren't as busy? They're still busy. (laughs) We're just making time for you guys. Yeah, it's a different kind of busy right now. It is. Um, We actually have time at home these days. So we can stop for a little bit and do this. Yeah. So since we kind of fell off the air in June, I quit my job at the forensic lab. Yeah. Well, they were threatening layoffs. They were threatening layoffs. So Danielle figured, wait, hey, why not go and try something new and different that I'm interested in and see how it goes. And I did. I did do that. And how'd it go? And it was was pretty good. (laughs) I mean, I complained a lot. I was going to say, that's the nicest she's put it since she started okay well here's the thing so here's what i did (laughs) i got a job as a seasonal intern at a local winery here in oregon the parent company is not local but yes okay well local to us the winery is Is close by here yes (laughs) and i was the the lab technician for the seller and i did also some seller hand stuff and it was a huge learning experience. I'm just going to, like, yeah. I'm not going to put that lightly. because It was chaos, though. It was chaos. chaos <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of chaos. I mean, I know on my end there's lots of chaos regardless during harvest. But it seemed like it was made more chaotic than it should have been. And here's the thing. 2020 in the wine industry this, oh, like this been, year Well, especially a, Oregon with the especially fires. Especially Oregon. And I'm sure down in Napa and those areas with the yep, fires. Yep, there were tons of fires it was a shit show (laughs) pardon her friend (laughs) bleep that out (laughs) oh yeah it was i mean all but a disaster like some of it was salvaged but there's because of the fire so if you don't know oregon like especially in the willamette valley area we just came under attack (laughs) mother nature was like get out of here no (laughs) yeah there were fires burning all all up and down Oregon. I mean, basically the whole West Coast was on fire at one oh, yeah. point this summer. Um, and actually for us, there was one fire on the ridgeline about, what was that? What Five is it? Five miles from our house? Not even. Yeah. yeah. And it was coming up over the ridgeline. So we actually, I one day just got our pick done and 
didn't stick around like, and picked the fruit he means yeah and just came home and packed up a go bag and watered the lawn and, and sprayed down the gutters the house. that was so nice <laughs> yeah, and frantically cleaned the gutters because like <laughs> well there's no time like the present <laughs> <laughs> if there were ever a time it was important to clean gutters it yeah. is now yeah so we were socked in with smoke for better part of two weeks and so what that does to the grapes is you have all of these chemicals and like the grapes are sitting in the smoke mm-hmm. and they're absorbing all these chemicals Just that are around them think of it as like smoking a you know smoking meat oh yeah except but, for it's a terrible flavor when it comes to grapes well yeah but that's what's happening to the grape yeah those flavors are entering the grape the skins and sometimes into the fruit and the juice not as much it's mostly the skins yeah so in the winemaking process, especially for red wines, mm-hmm. when they are fermenting, right, mm-hmm. and the juice and the fruit is sitting on the skins and fermenting, it's pulling out flavors from the skins yep. and color, but then it's also leaching out that smoke flavor, and they call it oh, smoke yeah. taint. Yep. So it was really bad a really rough year for that up here. Yeah. I'm just going to say this. If somebody tells you that they made a fantastic wine in the Willamette Valley in 2020, I would be highly skeptical. Some of the early Chardonnay would probably be pretty good. But any like any reds, like yeah. I'd be like, mm, like you should yeah. probably taste that before there's, you buy it. <laughs> there's a vast majority of wineries that are not really doing anything with the red wine they're making this year. Yeah. And that's a really sad point because, you know, like... It costs thousands, a lot to grow grapes up it here. It costs so much money, and so thousands and thousands of dollars were lost. Well, but millions. Yeah. Throughout the valley. Oh, yeah. But yep. also, that's why you have insurance. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's why crop insurance is not a bad idea. Yeah. But then, you know, you have to make the choice. Do I go for the crop insurance, let the fruit just sit and go bad? Or do I pick it and try and make something with it? We called it polish and turds. Yep. So actually, one way you can kind of salvage red grape, red varietals that um, have smoke taint, have been sitting in the smoke for a while, is they'll just try and press it off into a rosé. Yeah, you can do and that. And it might not be as good because there still might be hints of that smoke in there, mm-hmm. but you can eliminate a lot of that issue. Yeah. But for places up here, that's not really what they want to do. No one's here right. to make you know all their red wine into rosé because it's big pinot noir country high quality stuff up here you know another thing that you can do and it is a very (laughs) difficult or not difficult but very expensive process Mm -hmm. is using it's a powder called clara clara something yeah but basically but even or carbon you can use carbon too but even that's not a guarantee it's not a guarantee. It's just something you can do that it does might. help, but there's no real proven thing to do. It's right. still an ongoing, you know, an ongoing, what do they call it? Well, there's still, issue. yeah, it's an ongoing issue. There's no solution for it right. yet. Yeah. And so, but also if you were to go with the charcoal route, you're not only leaching out those like smoke flavors, a smoke taint, but you're also leaching out natural flavors of the wine that you want in there yep. so it's kind of a double-edged sword in that sense yeah yeah so. so that was rough that and was also rough. on more my side the vineyard side we we're I, in my opinion not the brightest move and we should have told clients to 
hold their horses, but we were picking throughout the smoke. People, yeah. and it was because the pickers were willing to. Mm-hmm. So we gave them KN95 masks, which for the most part they wore. Um, and they're out running up and down hills across the countryside picking, like literally running yeah y'all are complaining about wearing a mask like going to the grocery store like try running up and down hills (laughs) and there were i you know was pretty happy to see it the majority of them did wear the mask all day until the pick was done and they were heading home yeah and so for a lot of these guys they have family outside of the united states so this Mm -hmm. is really their opportunity to make as much money as they can to send back to their families Mm mm-hmm or even there are some who their whole family lives up here, but this is the only work they can really find. Yeah. Because they haven't been afforded the chance to get even, you know, an eighth grade or high school education. Yeah. And so it's physical physical labor, and they just take take what they can get, and, you know, they don't really complain about it. They're, yes, they, you know, would like to be paid more, but who wouldn't for the same work? Right. But they're out there doing either the real boring stuff or the real hard stuff busting their butts you know year round so you know it wasn't that they're just like oh yeah it's not a problem it's hey this is the time we make good money um and we can't really afford not to and still make it through the slower time of the year that's coming up yeah so they're in a really tough spot there and it's it's tough yeah i Sorry, oh, I was going I was just going to say that this time of year everything slows way down because there's not much to do in the vineyard and people want to mm-hmm. take time off to be with their families for Christmas anyway. Yeah. Well, the the people who are on contract, they just keep going. Yeah. I mean, it's more you know, the people with more the the luxury of, you know, yeah, I'll take a few weeks off for the holidays and stuff. But you know, the vines hopefully by now are dormant. Yeah. Um so it's just dormant season work, lots of odds and ends. You know, we, in the company I work for, lots of development work. So we're, you know, I've been basically running crews, putting in, um, helping put in new blocks of grapevines. Or not grapevines, but uh, wire, the trellising systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of odds and ends, repairs and stuff. So, um, yeah. So for those folks, it's a tough spot to be in. Those contract laborers, it's a real tough spot to be in yeah. because they can't, for they're kind of putting their health on the line to make sure they can make it through the winter again. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not an enviable spot to be in and to be honest it, you know. There's some things I think can be done differently, but this isn't the time nor the place. Yeah. to expound upon that. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, or the year. I mean, 2020, I feel like we're all just kind of trying to get through one yeah. day at a time. And it was it was hard for us, it, but gosh, my heart goes out to those guys because it yeah. it was particularly hard for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot a lot of people who had it harder than us, but it you know for everyone it's been different. It's been tough. Yeah. Um, but on a lighter note. Yeah. What else has been going on? Give um, the people what they want. <laughs> so we've kind of been keeping this in our back pocket, and I, I want to talk about it because I believe in talking things into... Um, and I'm cautious. Talking things it's into not a done reality. deal yet. <laughs> but we are in escrow on a property, and it is yep. right in the heart of Apple Hill in California. Don't give California. too much information. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell them the address. <laughs> well, good. 
<laughs> or even the general location. Oh, no. I'm just <laughs> in the heart of Apple Hill. Yeah, no, you're which fine. Which is a place where James and I grew up. James's very first job was in Apple Hill. And I just think that's the sweetest thing. Yep. To and be then able my to... high school job. Well, I mean, basically through college almost. I worked yeah. for different ranches up there seasonally. And if you have not been to Apple Hill, don't go when COVID's nuts. Everybody came up this year and it was a, as Danielle put it, a shit show. <laughs> I went back to scout the property and take care of some other odds and ends. And actually to help harvest our some of our grapes. But mm-hmm. that's a story for later because we haven't gotten there yet. But um, yeah, it was god awful. <laughs> I mean, there were more people than ever in the midst of a pandemic coming up getting out of their cars some wearing masks some not milling about hovering around each other in lines for four god i saw the longest lines ever but anyway um yeah wait until covid's done for yeah because wear your mask gosh dang it just wear a mask yeah and just don't make the traffic that bad carpool (laughs) traffic was bad that's really well that covid makes everything worse but biggest gripe was the traffic yeah yeah but anyway yeah it's apple hill yeah we're excited and i'm cautiously i'm cautiously optimistic i don't want to say it's a done deal because it's not a done deal it's not but there are a couple we're making progress everything's checked out well so far we're just there's some paperwork holdups and things that are making us making me nervous yeah yeah, I mean, there. yeah, there are a couple things that could really set us back and make this deal fall through, but, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic. I think it's going to work out. Yeah. I just have a good feeling. Well, I'm excited about it. I'm just trying not to get myself saying it's a done deal. Well, talking it into reality, <laughs> it's going to happen, people. Yeah, all right. And <laughs> to do that, we are selling our house up in Oregon. Yeah, guys... This house went on the market on a Friday, and we had three offers by Monday. Yeah. Market's crazy. Insane. Yep. I feel really bad also for people who are trying to buy a house in this climate because... Yeah, it's real competitive. It's a seller's market, it seems. At least from our experience. One one house. Yeah. And we got lucky. We did get lucky. Um, So we're in the middle of that move as well. Trying to get things packed up out of the house. Ten hours, move ten hours away. Yeah. Um, which is proving to be difficult so far. It just seemed, to me, it seems like slow going compared to when we moved from the apartment to here. Yeah. Because that was, we could do a little every day and get stuff moved over. Right. And we had a whole bunch, a whole lot less stuff. Yeah. You move That's, into a house with, God. you know... You just start filling the space. <laughs> we luckily still had like a room and a half that we're not Really full, using. And... But it's still just the amount of crap. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's so... It's not just crap. It's just stuff that you pick up and then you end up not really using much. You go, well, I can live without that. Yeah. Sorry, we got rid of a lot of stuff. Donated a lot of stuff. We did. Just gave away some furniture yep yeah but in mm-hmm. the midst of all of that happening we are still chugging along with our wine brand 
Yep. And guys, we got through harvest. We did. Our wines are tasting amazing. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. Me too. The one thing that I would hate, though, is for me to be like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And then for everybody else to be like, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be a learning experience. It would be. So, um, so we I mean, had... it would be an expensive learning experience. <laughs> More wine for me. Yeah. And for those of you out there questioning, how can they be buying property and do making wine and all this stuff? We kind of saved for this express purpose. Yeah. So... All of our savings is All going into the wine. Savings. Luckily, it's kind of bit by bit, but it's not cheap, yeah. not inexpensive. But just with buying grapes and then a custom crush, the way things are laid out is, you know, pay for grapes uh, basically the day they're harvested, if you can, if mm -hmm. you're there, like I was lucky enough to be for one day. Um, and then you pay the custom, at least the general idea of what we've got laid out with our custom crush partner is... We pay 25% up front for the winemaking costs. Um, we pay for, what would you call it, the usables? The, like, bottles and corks and things. Oh, yeah. The supplies. The supplies, the general supplies as the process goes on. And then we pay the 75% left of the winemaking costs at the end when everything's bottled and bottled, labeled in a case and palletized and ready to come to us so luckily it's broken up that way so it's not just all at once because that would have given me a heart attack <laughs> um and i'm still a little too young for that um and then also the three wines will be ready at slightly different times yeah so that breaks it up even more mm -hmm. well we should tell them like remind everybody if you're yeah. listening to this podcast for the first time mm -hmm. um we are making a roussan which is a white... Well, I don't think we even told them that. Oh, I don't think so. I yeah. don't know that we even had our We, I think we out. said we are going to be making one, and then I said, hold up. We're not even sure. He said, maybe they have space for us. Oh. So this is all breaking news. I mean, this whole podcast is breaking news for the umpteen people who are going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we cherish every single one of you, Yes, we do. Um, but it's yeah, great so... to have some people listen to our blathering. <laughs> but okay, I'll stop. I'll stop interrupting. <laughs> We're making a Roussan, which is a white wine. It mm -hmm. um, to me, it had like malty flavors that kind of reminded me of like a whiskey almost. Yeah. Um, and well, there are a couple different ways that you can actually make this. So when it went through a malolactic fermentation or a second... so you have your normal fermentation. Yep which is sugars to alcohol. Mm -hmm. And then you can do let it go through or put some bacteria in to make it go through a malolactic, a secondary fermentation. Yeah. So and I'll let you take it from yeah. there. Yeah. So it's, it gives it a creamy texture. Mm -hmm. So think of like right. a buttery Chardonnay. Or... And why does it give it that texture? Oh, because you're... Oh gosh, science! I should yeah. know all this, of this. this that's this why I was talking to you. Right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> all of the lactic is being converted no. into. <laughs> it's mallow lactic, so it's the malic acid Jeez. is being broken down, right, into lactic acid. Yep, that's what it is. I can Google that for you just to double check. <laughs> and really, I should know this. Yes, you should. <laughs> Bad show. Uh, yeah. 
don't you dare get yep. your facts from us. Yeah, so it's you. malic acid, which is tart. The sharp tart acidity mm-hmm. is transformed into lactic acid, like Milk? in yogurts. Yeah. And that's a softer, creamier. Buttery is more oak mixed with malolactic. Yeah. But it gives but... it a creamier mouthfeel. Yeah. It's definitely... Yeah. And it softens that that acidity a bit, so it's not quite as sharp, mm-hmm. is really how they describe it. Yeah. So, that's our Roussan. Mm-hmm. In... But that's one of the ways you can make it. Yeah. One of the styles. Yeah. And, you know, there's different sweetness levels and everything. So, we won't spill all our beans right now, but just to give you some ideas and some wine making terms. Yeah. And um, what it may taste like and... Yeah. yeah hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> the second wine that we made was a rosé mm-hmm. from Sangiovese. Sangiovese. Sorry, Sangiovese, as some people call it. Yeah. I don't or really know Sangio. what the right way to say it is. Everyone says it. Sure. Yeah. I just call it Sangio because then I don't have to do the vase part. <laughs> but that one is an Italian varietal, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. James, quit asking me these questions. <laughs> So we made that into a rosé. So basically... What? Sorry, I was going to explain the process of a rosé. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> but, it is Italian. But my, <laughs> my brain is blank. Oh, so for this, the style of rosé we did, so there are two ways you can go about making a rosé. There are quite a few ways, I think, well, but two ways two, that we know of. Two big ways. Yeah. One way is you have a white wine and you add in some red wine. And you get that pink color, rosé. And that way you can have more control over the flavor because you can have your white wine a certain way and add in a complementary red. So it's really a blend. Yeah, it is a blend. Mm -hmm. And then the other way is like how we've done it, which is the less expensive way because you don't need to buy two types of grapes. (laughs) And it turns out really good if you... Like we do have a good partner who can walk you through it and make sure you don't screw it up. Yeah. Um, and that is you crush, I guess you could do it whole cluster too, but it's easier. You crush, destem um, the grapes, the red grapes, red skinned grapes, and you let them sit, let the juice sit on the skins for a short period of time to extract some of the flavor and the color compounds. Actually, into the juice. I don't think we even crushed them. I think we yeah. just destemmed them and threw them all in a big old tank and let them yeah. sit. Yeah. So anyway, you let the juice sit on the skins however you're doing it. I'm not sure. This is not my area of expertise, really. <laughs> and it extracts color, flavor, but you don't let it sit super long. And you pull off that juice before it gets dark. Yep. From pulling those color compounds out. Yeah, and that's that first juice that you extract before squashing the skins and getting all that extra juice and color out and, mm-hmm. and taste too. Yeah. That portion that you first pull out is called your free run. So you mm-hmm. basically just like, you open the valve and all the juice that's in there, you let it run out. And that's for anything. Yep. That's for any type. But for a rosé, that's typically how you do it. Because if, pretty well, you might be able to press it too. This is why we don't make our own wine yet. Yep. <laughs> We've and I think Danielle would know this, but... You know, after harvest, <laughs> my brain turned off. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's the, the basic overview of rosé. We won't get into it too much. Yeah. 
because we'll tell you the wrong thing and look like idiots. Yep. <laughs> and the third and one. And we might already look like idiots. Oh, we, we do. <laughs> we don't claim to know everything. We're just trying to share what we do and hopefully not screw it up. Yeah. And tell you guys like our process of like yeah. how we came to learn this. You know what? The one thing that I would say is that I learned so much working a harvest yep. and not just from the supervisors and like people who hired me but from the other interns who freaking work like 14 other harvests and like travel around and do this for a living yeah. they, like, you can rack up at least a couple a year if you're on it oh yeah jumping from hemisphere to hemisphere yeah northern to southern yeah it's pretty cool like yeah. how these how people in this industry make a living by just like following harvests and yeah. like some people yeah and some of them do it and still are broke yeah just because it's a hard way to, well it's a hard way to live and it's a hard way to save money it is because it's like for for the picking the contract laborers granted they have work all year round so they are a little more stable but these people are working what three four months at a time yeah twice a year traveling if they are doing two a year and they're in the northern hemisphere say they're up here in oregon and then they have to get themselves moved out to say australia or new zealand or Argentina or Chile yeah. or wherever. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not like you're popping two states over and catching a harvest yeah. three months later. Yeah. It is impressive. Yeah. Anyway, but our, th <laughs> so our third varietal <laughs> is, to is a Zinfandel, which was my favorite. Yeah. I didn't, varietals. I haven't been able to try it. I helped pick it because yeah. uh, our grower was like, yeah, you guys supply the labor to harvest and it wasn't it was a small amount so it wasn't worth trying to get uh in touch with anyone with labor out there to pick it for yeah, us yeah to hire somebody and i had to go back for some other odds and ends as well yep um so the zen though i'm super excited about and that is a red wine it is a red wine it is a bolder like isn't it like a roan varietal it is Italian as well. Gosh darn it. <laughs> it's, uh, the Italian name is Primitivo. I am O for But Zinfandel, it's, a, it's an Italian varietal as well. You're right. Uh, the Rhone or French. Like, um, this, I'm going to Google this so I don't sound like a complete idiot about something we're making. But Roussan is... Man, we should know this. <laughs> we do. Gosh, it is guys. a Rhone. I was going to say it, but I was second guessing myself <laughs> because I went on a whole thing about rosé and was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot I don't know. And I'm just starting to ramble. <laughs> As we do. But the Sierra Foothills, where we're looking to head back to, known for Zinfandel. It's a pretty popular grape up there. Mm -hmm. um, Barbera as well. Yeah. Rhone varietals seem to be getting a good um a good uptick in quality and quantity as well yeah and spanish varietals is kind of a hodgepodge um but there's lots of a wide range of good wines that come out of there so we're excited to go go back and keep hopefully keep making wine if people buy our wine yeah when we launch and we at least figure then, out how to sell it yeah and get our licensing and yeah good um, lord yeah we've got a long way to go guys yeah it's but been, we're making tracks yeah it's been a journey so far but we're mm -hmm. you know each day is one step closer yeah yep is that all we got you have a new job oh well not yet 
But yeah, I don't know what you. Yeah, when we move back to California, I've got a job lined up. And that was kind of that was part of the impetus to move. Like that was once that offer was out there, it really gave us kind of the green light to to go for it. Yeah. Yep. Still be in vineyard management, different scale. Um, it's exciting. Different world down there than up here, which is for me in a good way. Yeah. It's I don't know a little more. Well, I don't know. It's just not as hoity-toity. It seems. <laughs> well, the 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 people, the places I work right now, they're very persnickety, and there's lots of things that don't really affect the grapes that they ask us to do because we can handle it, and that's fine. And I don't mind if people do that, but there's lots. There's just as much stress sometimes about not actually the vineyard, mm-hmm. but the surrounding property and what they're asking of us to do there as well yeah so it'll be nice because it seems from what i've seen and i've gone and taken a look around a little bit and it seems like the focus is more on the vineyard and if the owners want something done around the property it seems like they take care of it themselves like personally or they ask for it but it's not uh you know it's not 30% 30% of what we're doing yeah, or 40% of what we're doing. And you're going to be taking care of a lot less acres of much fewer grapes. acres. This is much smaller company, but it's also, you know, it's to me, it's a better opportunity because it seems like I'll have a much better work life balance. Thank God. Yeah. Can I get an amen? Because as we said, we got busy um, pretty much when we were, finishing up editing the last episode before this one uh work hours started to climb and um danielle this wife over here was not very happy (laughs) she was not happy at all (laughs) so i'm and that's not that's not funny um i know we chuckle about it but it's tough it is really Um, tough. looking back at it now and now that we're like hey we're getting out it's going to be a change of pace for us it is kind of funny you know it's good that we got through it and we figured it out um during those times but you know i i think i worked some of my longer weeks this year and it was a longer stretch of longer weeks than the previous two years so it got hard um i mean at one point it was like i was averaging 75 or 76 hours a week for two three months there and it's i mean at that point i want to come home and be present but it's hard because i'm doing that and i come home and I still have to send out a plan or I stay at work longer sending out a plan and reviewing things for the next day. Yeah. It's either I can do that at home and I'm not present or I stay out longer and I come home and all I do is eat and sleep. Yeah. Um, it's hard. So it's, it's a tough balance. And, you know, there. I'm excited for that change. We made it work. We made it work. It wasn't great. Oh, speaking of work. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's... Just stressful, stressful work as well. It's not, I'm out doing the same thing every day. And that's kind of, I don't know, not, let's see, what would you call it? It's, I'm a victim of my own success at that, I guess. Because I did a good job. They kept giving me more responsibilities and that just, you know, adds to more work, more people to supervise, more things to check on, more paperwork, more admin, you know. So it was a good and a bad thing. Um, in the end, more 
bad than good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, if you want to get into vineyard management, do some due diligence on the hours first. Yeah. If you're going to go into a bigger company, it's more likely, you know, with bigger, higher-end clients, it's going to be more likely that um, you're going to work more hours. And not that low-end clients don't have lots of work anyway. I don't think they're um, really, like, low-end. I would no. say, like... It's high-touch or low-touch. There's no real yeah. low-end clients. That's what I mean. Because I said yeah. high-end. But it's more picky. It's that's like just people who, work who expect with. you to be in their vineyard for longer amounts of time. Yeah. Versus people who say, you know, do what you got to do to make this vineyard grow some grapes, grow some and good grow grapes, good grapes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It just depends. But um, I know to spill secrets, the company I work for, a lot of people that come in, they kind of try and softball not softball but blow a little smoke about the time commitment because well what they told me is way less than what i actually worked and i know oh, other people I have started and they this. say the same thing so he's yeah you're saying they that... are low they lowball when you interview and yeah. you ask okay what's you know what's a normal year look like because it's paid hourly so i wanted to know about how much i could expect to make yeah they told and me how much you could expect to work. Too. Yeah, and they told me, let's see, so it was uh, three hundred. My first year, three hundred fifty hours less than what I actually worked. So that's six hours a week. So that's an hour a day they if you're working you, a six day week. They told you that it'd be about fifty hours a week, right? Uh, a little less, like forty eight, forty nine. And you average? What was your average? You think? This year. Last or. The yeah, first year? This year, sure. Well, this year was like numbers. 55. Yeah. 50, yeah, 54 and a half, 55. And that's even with like our vacations when I didn't have vacation time to cover work days. And I just took the time off anyway because not screw it, but like I got to have time to do the stuff that I want to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then times of the year like this where I'm working 40, 41 hours a week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot. And I think, you know, estates are a bit different, but also, you know, if you're going to look to get into this, if you want to learn a lot and grow fast, a company like the one I work for now, good way to go, but you got to have that flexibility and that drive. Um, it's not for everybody. And that doesn't make me any better for having done it. Aside from, I think I learned more faster than I would have if I had gone to a smaller company right. to work. Um, and I don't know. It's hard to say I'd change it at this point. Because you've already gone through it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm done. I learned a lot, and it's giving us the opportunity to do more of what we want, and I can make the shift into a slower, slightly slower pace. It's still you know, just as important of work. It's just a different um, speed. Yeah. Um, but I agree with that. I wouldn't want to do it any longer than I did. Yeah. Like, I think this is about the maximum. Because um, I can see, just seeing the next level up and the work that's into, involved in that, with more admin hiring, um, contract labor stuff, that gives you no... I don't know how they no, do it. Yeah. I have no Gives idea. you no life. I mean, I know someone the next level up from me who's been working Saturdays and, you know... Still like during the slow times. Yeah, now, 
not and now it's well this year there's been a lot more Saturdays this time of year than not but he's worked pretty much every Saturday since harvest and I've you know I was off and on for a bit and then the last what three weeks or so yeah. basically since Thanksgiving haven't had to work a Saturday mm-hmm. so yeah it's a I mean it's farming you're gonna work a lot yep you're gonna work Just weekends hopefully trying to spread a little information for anyone out there who's listening and might be interested in vineyard side of things yeah and I know it's different for everyone so uh, my experience may not be the same as ever you know as anyone else's and I might have just picked a shit spot <laughs> comparatively I don't think that's what it was um, so yeah I mean take a grain of salt it's my experience my yeah. thoughts um, and it was tough but I'm glad we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel heck yeah I think that's it so yeah. I want to jump into a little correction from yeah. our last episode in June mm-hmm. to round back to our last episode um, since then someone has reached out to us about um, a word or phrase we had used in that episode um, that came across to them as cultural appropriation and that's something that we aren't um, you know we're not here for that we don't want to be stepping on anybody's toes no absolutely not we don't um, we want this to be as inclusive and as comfortable a space for as many people as possible um, we're trying to share our story to get other people interested or to share maybe something they didn't know about the wine world and you know yeah. the aspects that we're involved in um, that you know we learn a lot from our conversation with them and it gave us um good um guidance really good insight and insight to pay a little more attention to things we hear in popular culture and not just repeat them um you know without at least taking into consideration where they're coming from mm-hmm. and who is using that word or phrase um and why us using it may come across or be um something that makes other people uncomfortable or feel um, used or taken from or belittled or anything along those lines. Um, Yeah, and I also think that it pushed us to really find our own voice as a podcast because, you know, mm -hmm. for a little bit, at least I know that I was pulling things from, you know, other podcasts that I'd listened to and, and, you know, I just didn't really know who we were as a podcast and who... Yeah. We wanted to sound like. Yeah, and we want to sound like ourselves. We definitely want to sound like ourselves. Um, so, yeah. And luckily, having t- a lot of time between our last podcast now gave us some time to reflect, figure out what we want to do, um, how we want to move forward. And, you know, we're we're here to be, you know, no, you know, we aren't perfect, but we're trying to be as inclusive and as friendly and as open as we can to hopefully share the wine industry with more people and share aspects of it that aren't you know, aren't the glamorous shots of people tasting at tasting rooms and all those things. Yeah. Um, so we are, you know, the people out there, we are sorry. Um, we, know, we are. Yeah. We know and it didn't want, come across well. And we want you all to know that we are trying harder to educate ourselves and to, like James said, be more inclusive. And, you know, it's it's definitely a process. Yeah. I mean, we we live in our own world we have our own experiences and they aren't as wide as you know 
some people's or a lot of people's. And so we have growth. We have room for growth. And that's what we're trying to, to undertake as we make our way through this process to be as inclusive and as available. And um, yeah, just hopefully a place or a podcast, at least that people like to listen to um, yeah. and don't feel uh, put off by. And yeah. that's not... That's not the bottom line. It's really we just want people to come and hopefully enjoy listening to this and maybe learn something or at least think if when we start making big mistakes, they're funny. Um, yeah. So, and, yeah, yeah, it's not your guys' place to have to teach us or educate us on things. But if you hear something we say, you know, hope, you know, that is either, I don't know, go ahead. Um, oh, I was just going to say, you know, if, if you want to reach out to us, you know, we are always willing to listen um, and, you know, we're we're reachable. So you mm-hmm. can reach us on on Instagram or on Facebook or Twitter or our Gmail, any of those platforms. We constantly check those. We're looking out for for comments or, you know, messages yeah. from you guys. So please don't hesitate if, if you do have something that you want to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all ears um, and open minds. Um, and along with that, if you just have questions for us in general um, or comments, if we said something stupid about wine or winemaking or anything, and you think we could benefit from a little corrector there as well, yeah, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, aside from that, thanks for st- Hopefully downloading this after a long break with no warning. Um, Yeah, we'll be trying to make a few more episodes over winter. And we'll probably be a bit more sparse than we were for a while there. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us, you guys. Just to give you all a heads up, we'll probably be a bit more focused on what we're actually doing. Moving. Um, Yeah, a few, (laughs) well, on the podcast. Oh. What we're doing and how things are going with that. Um, as opposed to as opposed to interviews and yeah. things um, hopefully that's where we can really start to find our our voice and our footing and give you guys a more regular even if it's you know less often mm-hmm. more regular episodes um, and it probably won't drain us quite as much scheduling wise and everything we did love doing the interviews uh, but it was hard to find in the end hard to find the time and hard to work around schedules and everything and us being you know basically more than full-time employees yeah it's it's tough it is tough so we think you know us talking more about our thing um, will give us more flexibility to actually produce good reliable episodes for you all yeah and in later uh i'd love to have some more interviews there are a lot of great wineries out there so let's I don't uh, think that's something that we do away later. with, but I think uh, for the near future, yeah, just try and find our footing, find our, you know, find a good way to get you guys good content yeah. from us, interesting content. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks again. We really appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Voyage to First Vintage. You can email us at Gmail. It's Voyage to First Vintage at Gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter is voyage, voyage underscore first. Yep. What else we got? Facebook. Facebook. Voyage to first vintage. Yep. And our website. 
at yeah. voyagetofirstvintage.com, which we'll actually have to put some stuff up on because it's been <laughs> six, seven months. Yeah. And if you like this episode and you're listening to this on a platform like Spotify or iTunes know, or wherever. wherever you listen, me. Sorry. you can take a <laughs> take a snapshot <laughs> of what you're listening to if you liked it and post it, post or it on your rate, Instagram. review, subscribe. All that stuff. That's what all the big podcasters say. I mean, anything, if you feel like you want to interact with us one way or another, yeah. give us a review, whatever, we really Share appreciate Share this with it. a friend. It's always fun when... Someone we know or someone we don't know um, has a thought on what we're doing. Yeah. So uh, thanks for putting up with us for about 45 minutes here. We really <laughs> appreciate it. And we'll see you guys or talk to you guys. You'll hear us soon. We'll see you soon. Bye.